This special Thanksgiving edition of The Next Report is brought to you by Thomas Holbrook II and Stephen Tompkins. And welcome to episode number 32, 10 Away from the Meaning of Life. I'm Thomas. And I'm Stephen Tompkins. Uh, it's, this week is going to be a special week because this week is Thanksgiving week. And there, there have been people going on and on about Black Friday and Thanksgiving and spending time with your family. Oh my. And, and, and talking back and forth on whether you really should be shopping on that day or or not. Never mind the fact that there are people who have to work on that day regardless, including emergency workers and what have you, but today, right in time for all that, we're going to be talking about food, or rather, some of the scary things <laughs> that you might find out about some of your food. One of the one of the things that prompted this is on my Facebook. Um, I friend of mine, or an acquaintance of mine, who was a radio host in Texas, but moved to Atlanta, Georgia, or the state of Georgia, shared a link on their fan page, uh, you know, talking about aspartame. Uh, it's a well-known ar- sweetening alternative that nowadays a good number of the population avoids, like the plague. That's why you have other things like Splenda and other and even stevia-based stuff on the market nowadays. And as it turns out, E. coli is used in the process of making aspartame, <laughs> which, which it's easy to see why people are, who report on this say, oh, basically it's E. coli feces that's creating this. Well, it's E. coli waste product that is then used to do all that, basically manipulating the bacteria and everything else. So, um, when you first saw this, what what were your thoughts on this? <laughs> well, honestly, um, I, I had never heard of it until you mentioned it to me a couple days ago. You uh, sent me the link to the article, so I looked over it briefly, and then I looked over it a little bit more today. And I, at first thought, I find it a little bit hard to believe that they're deriving aspartame from E. coli feces, basically. And it's... Isn't it just basically genetically modified? At, yes. And, in fact, it's E. coli... And you remember the whole E. coli scare. Yes, and yes, I do. Else. And, it, and, it come, and it pops back up every now and then. Going, oops, there's an E. coli outbreak. And, and all that. It, it can be a very harmful bacteria, especially to small children, but it's also been useful in laboratory experiments, useful in terms of research, for example, like uh, Kenyon.edu 
has information on it and, and a little section called Application to Biotechnology. And they talk about how it's been used, for example, to create insulin. A friend of mine who doesn't like the, the idea of, you know, people panicking over their food and things like that. I was like, well, look, my insulin's basically a, a byproduct of E. coli. It's used in the production of certain things, but it's manipulated into doing so in that sense. So it's sort of like combining two certain ingredients to make table salt with one of them being chlorine being deadly on its own, but combining it with the other ingredient, you get table salt, which is, for the most part, relatively harmless, unless you run into a certain crowd that says, no, have sea salt instead and all that. So, so in, that, in that sense, it's, it's kind of like using the bad to create good, I guess. <laughs> sort of like how I read in a textbook when I was in high school about how there's been attempts to use tobacco plants to create a method of fighting cancer. So all kinds of experimentation is going to go on uh, regardless. It just, just the idea of it interests me, mainly because I'm guessing it's cheaper to use, cheaper to make, because easy to reproduce. Well, uh, along with that, the fact that it's cheaper, what you have to think about what, what are they sacrificing, what are they compromising with alongside picking up that cheap factor? What are they sacrificing to give, to get that le uh, smaller price to produce more or uh, maybe amp up the technology, ramp up the production, whatever it is they're, they're sacrificing to do that, which could be uh, unhealthy side effects or whatever. Like, like I, I personally, I don't consume aspartame. I, I did when I was a little kid, and eventually I stopped, and I, I had no idea why. I mean, maybe I read about something about it not being so good for you, and I'm like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't. Sort of like how you told, smoking's bad for you, so you stay away from it because of all the scaring about it. Which, breathing smoke for a long period of time anyway is not good for you, regardless. Yeah, regardless of what the source is. You could be standing in front of a campfire, having a couple of logs sit on there, and just normal wood. And then just the amount of smoke that you intake after a couple hours, it just lines your lungs, and then you can't intake as much oxygen because right. you have so much residue blocking the amount of oxygen absorption going through your lungs. But but one of you know certain studies only do certain things in certain extreme ways to the point where you're like, you know, you're not going to be in that room 24-7. At some point, you're going to be walking outside and breathing some fresh air. And unless you live in somewhere in California where there's nothing but smog, but <laughs> then maybe you're in trouble. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that may be an understatement. <laughs> um, but, yeah, wow. Uh, lost my train of thought. Just... 
I, I remember, you know, the diet sodas and everything else, and I eventually stopped consuming them. And, I, you know, I kept asking myself why. You know, it just... One day, I'm in... I'm on campus, I'm writing some paper or something, and... And out pops a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Pepsi. It's, well, the per, person didn't get what they paid for, so they're like, eh, I'm not going to drink this. Free bottle of soda. Sweet, right? <laughs> Except, you know, I'm drinking it, and sure enough, I, you know, soon after drinking it, I start feeling kind of terrible. And I'm like, you know, this is probably why I quit consuming this stuff, because my body was trying to tell me, hey, this is not, no, no, this is not going to work. And I got a headache and everything else. And I, and then I rewound the clock internally back to when I was like in early grade school. And I always would try to drink the diet caffeine-free sodas because they were in the cool-looking gold cans. I'm like, this is cool. And I remember overhearing a piece of conversation that one of my teachers had with my mom. Like, you notice after he how he, after he drinks that that he, he you know he's his, he's sniffling and everything else. And I'm like, that's why I quit. You know, taking this because my body doesn't like it, and other people don't like it either. They're, my mom can't stand it because to her it just tastes nasty. It's just like, blah. And now we know why. Probably may have, may have been the way it's produced, or and certain things being at certain levels that. May not be meant for human consumption. <laughs> you, you said the those neo water flavoring things have aspartame in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I have one of them sitting in my fridge, and one of the we also have. Uh, me and my fiance have a thing of Dasani drops. I can't remember what flavor it is. I think it's like strawberry kiwi. But the uh, I was comparing the two because after taking one of my health classes, I was it was brought to my attention some of the side effects of aspartame and everything. So now I'm a lot more conscientious about what I'm putting into my body. So I was had the two of them side by side, and I was comparing the ingredients. And on the back of the meal label, it said aspartame, and then I can't remember the... Uh, I think it was sucro- uh, sucrose and the other. But that made me realize this might be why I have slight headaches when I ingest that meal into my water. Right, but you you did you did something that your tongue paid for later, <laughs> as you were describing to me before we started doing this uh, recording. Yeah, yeah um, uh, well, after we had first got it, uh, my fiance decided, "Hey, uh, you should take a squirt of this by itself." She basically dared me to do it, so I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm not gonna." back out on it. I'm going to do it anyway. What, whatever. What's going to, what's the worst that's going to happen? So I pop the tab and I sit back and I squirt one whole squirt into my mouth. And then my first reaction was, Oh my God, what, what is this? And it, it's so highly concentrated. I 
it was on my tongue and it basically almost burnt my mouth. It was, it was like a sour warhead times 100. And uh, it took about two hours for the taste and everything to get out of my system. I had to wash my mouth out and brush my teeth and the whole nine yards. And it was it was absolutely horrible. It was a bad experience. <laughs> so, so in other words, high, so highly concentrated that it destroys taste buds. <laughs> yeah, you could put it that way. And, that, and that's probably the reason why with like my little little things of cool Kool-Aid, which uses sucralose and ascaflum potassium in them, not and not the other stuff. Probably why they say always dilute because it's in such a highly concentrated form and everything else. I'm like, dang. That's just oh, that that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's that I'm pretty sure that's an understatement. It was it was absolutely horrible. Probably one of the worst decisions I've made. <laughs> and what one of the interest one of the interesting things I've you know, I've noted is, and that's part of the reason why I use Snopes for certain things. For other things, I take it with a grain of salt. Because the problem with sites like Snopes, they're good at debunking certain internet rumors. Like posting the wrong section of a, you know, of universal commercial code in order to try to say, Hey, Facebook, my information's mine. You can't use it without my permission. Except you already legally signed a contract when you oh, when you set up an account with them. So, and though you can negotiate new terms for a particular agreement, both parties have to agree to do so. And unfortunately, if you're the only one that does that, well, it doesn't quite work out that way. When it comes to other issues, uh, the people who run Snopes tends to have the habit of going to the quote-unquote official word, um, whether it be a government resource or some other official-looking resource. And the only problem is it's making the dangerous assumption that that resource is always going to be reliable. Well, if that resource is spearheaded by people who are corrupt at the time, it's not going to be 100% reliable. For example, Snopes um, argues against the notion that aspartame is, you know, a cause of cancer. Another, another, a blog post basically points out that on its own it's not, but it's certain compounds that can cause havoc in certain circumstances. Uh, you were talking about wood alcohol, for example, which one of the com- which one of the components of it is basically. Am I right? Yeah. Um, uh, it basically uh, aspartame basically breaks down into three components, being uh, aspartic acid. And then phenylalanine, which the phenylalanine uh, breaks down further with one part being methyl and the other part being ester. ester, And then the methyl 
is actually basically methanol, which is the wood alcohol, which can really brutally harm your system from the inside out. And that, and unfortunately, that's why like all, that's why there have been people who start getting better physically after getting off the stuff for a prolonged period of time because their body cycles the stuff out and eventually they start get you know they start getting a little bit better in those terms and unfortunately you know politics and business intermixing that's unfortunately the reason why more than likely that it got you know, approved by the FDA and what have you. Uh, Cyril was the company that had the patent. Monsanto buys out the company, and then the patent eventually just expires. So now basically anybody can make it. And eventually uh, UPI and other resources were eventually... Eventually they found the European version of the patent... And that's how they found out, oh, E. coli process with E. coli is used to synthesize or create this stuff in the first place. But I will say that if this particular rumor is true, then those packets of NutraSweet, you might still have a use for them. If you have a bug problem, I hear if you sprinkle them on your counter, you might solve it the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> that that can make you a little nervous. <laughs> oh my! Uh, the fact that you're consuming something that can kill a bug within a day. Well, true, but at at the end of the day, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that something like saccharin is a lot safer than aspartame. Um, a friend of mine had looked at you know studies that were updated and they discovered, oh, well, you know, rats and mice react to things slightly different than a human being. So he, so he now uses saccharin again, but it, it's like everything else, sparingly and not all the time. But I, that, but that's part of the reason why Splenda, it doesn't jack with me as badly as, say, aspartame. Um, I've had stevia-based products before as well, and it's just... Depending upon which derivative of it, it can either taste really great or it kind of tastes meh. So... <laughs> which stevia, it doesn't take much to spread throughout an entire beverage anyway. Too much, and it's just bitter because of its intensity. And I actually know somebody who can only have actual sugar or even high fructose corn syrup, if memory serves. Every, every other form of sweetening alternative, they break out in hives. They're allergic to it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, even stevia, which I was shocking to me, but the quirks of the human body never ceases to amaze me. And the quirks of the you know, human psyche never cease to amaze me. 
and if, if this doesn't scare, scare you away from the Thanksgiving table, um, this might. Um, are you familiar with Maddox? Uh, up until the point that you mentioned the video to me just a little while ago before we started this episode, no. <laughs> okay, for, for those who don't know who Maddox is, he's an internet satirist. Uh, he created a list of 50 things that really, you know, you know, piss me off. Drops F-bombs on, on a regular basis. Doesn't do modern web design because it's, to him, it's, you know, nonsense. And plus, the hosting provider he was using, X-Mission, gets a lot of traffic because he knows how to get people's attention. He irritates the hell out of everybody. Uh, he's bashed loose change. He he's he's ridiculed Crocs, the, the shoe you know the shoes. I I don't say as I blame him on that one. I don't think that was a great idea. I mean, you can walk around it and it's aer- aerated, and you can walk through water and not have a problem. But if you're wearing socks and then get soaked, or if it's raining outside, you're probably screwed. Yeah. Uh, Hence my theory, unless he is bashing you, you haven't truly made it on the internet. <laughs> so he apparently created something called Garfield Sucks. <laughs> Basically, he's just a fat cat who eats a lot, and that's it. But what one of his more recent things is, you know, how pepperoni... You know, sucks. And what was interesting is one of the ingredients he mentions is nitric acid. The the one one thing that's used to treat, like, meat and things like that for various reasons. But also becomes very, very uh, cancer-causing when it hits high temperatures, such as stomach acid. (laughs) And his response was, Mmm, cancer! (laughs) (laughs) And for the record, I still eat turkey pepperoni. I don't care. Well, I don't mind pepperoni myself, but after hearing this, watching this video with you, it does change my perspective a little bit. And he's not even being serious. He's just looking serious, sounding serious, just to make you mad. He makes fun of BuzzFeed. That's what he does best. But and I'm like thinking, wow, that, that's pretty bad. But one of the one of the things that was used as a counterpoint to some to my little sharing of that one link was, well, I hear Jesus made it in a similarly nefarious manner. <laughs> well, there is actually cheese that is well. Not so very healthy for you. Um, it, it can actually make you sick. And, and people have argued with me before, but you know, it's like, ah, this cheese does not look so good. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. Cheese gets finer and finer with age. Well, they probably aren't aware of the process that actually, cheese actually goes through to age. Because one of my teachers, when I was in high school, basically equated cheese with mold. Because 
really, when you when you come down to it, that's really all cheese is. And cottage cheese, for example, which is a similar process but slightly different, it's just soured milk, pretty much. And the, the whole aging, it's not quite the same. Now, if that stuff gets, you know, other types of mold on it, then it's a problem, and <laughs> you need to discard it. it. It's sort of like other forms of food. You, you either consume or discard it before it just starts breaking down. So th- this particular cheese is Kazumarzu. And it's from a website called ilovecheese.co.uk. And according to the site, it's, it's not classified as the average cheese lover's cheese. Um, it's a Sardinian specialty, which translates to rotten cheese. <laughs> it has a few thousand maggots in it, basically. It Italian sheep milk's variety with a little something extra, which is basically living extra. So, sort of like how you can have anchovies on your pizza and they forget, forget to kill the anchovies first. <laughs> and they, yeah. Um, it begins as Percono Sardo, Fiori Sardo. In other words... It's soaked in brine, smoked, and left to ripen in the cheese cellars of central Sardinia. But to produce Kazumarzu, cheesemakers set the Procorino Sardo outside in the open, uncovered, and allow cheese flies, uh, Piofila, to lay eggs inside of it. As the eggs hatch into a myriad of white transparent maggots, they feed on the cheese. By doing so, they produce enzymes that promote fermentation and cause fats within it to decompose. Sometimes cuts are made into the rind, and already hatched maggots are introduced. It speeds the process along. Highly pugnant, super soft that oozes tears or lagrima, and fittingly so, as it tends to burn on the tongue. So, so, oh, wow. So I'd say aspartame is a much slower poison in this case. So basically what the article is saying is that if the the fact that the cheesel is alive with the maggots in it doesn't deter you, the tears that it produces will. <laughs> it, it just might. Um, ba- basically, it's only okay to eat if the maggots are still moving. Once the maggots are dead, it has gone bad, decayed to a point that's too toxic for human consumption. <laughs> And all of that, so... It, oh, my. It, I know, right? It's just horrible. So, basically, th- this thing is... It's been declared illegal and not in compliance with EU hygienic standards. It's banned by the Italian health laws and not sold in shops. 
anecdotal reports of allergic reaction, including burning, crawling skin, sensations that last for days. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there's that risk of intestinal oral infection, which is even more lovely. Well, my question is, are they sure that it's the actual skin that's crawling, or is it something crawling underneath the skin? <laughs> Oh, my. it reminds me of the whole Morgellons thing that that people kept saying, oh, it's fibromyalgia, and and some research hospital in Oklahoma is like, no, it's literally something that's been un- unidentified that's literally crawling underneath people's skins, fiber-like substances. It's just like, oh, gross. A whole other topic for another day, but oh, man. So basically, this stuff's still available, but it has to be on the black market. <laughs> and it's just because if they're caught, there's apparently hefty fines and what have you. So, oh man, that, that wow, that's just oh good lord. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, but right now it's just. So, yeah, ew. But that—that's—that's that's nothing compared to what you know you discover about food here in the U.S. Um, Cracked dot com <laughs> has all sorts of hilarious things, but it's also disturbing things. For starters, a lot of a lot of people eat things like you know hot pockets, right? Oh, I love hot pockets. Well, hot pockets, <laughs> among other foods, has this thing called cellulose, which is it's basically glorified sawdust. It's non-toxic, is technically edible, and the FDA doesn't even really re- regulate the amount, that maximum amount that's in food. So, wow. It, yuck, right? But it gets better. Who all drinks orange juice? Well, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't drink it very often. I prefer apple juice, but... Well, because what happens is it's, you know... The the methods used to preserve the stuff for a year basically kills the taste of it. So fragrance companies are consulted to utilize flavor packets so it gives that taste back. Then there's that whole controversy of ammonia-infused hamburger from McDonald's. (laughs) Um... And everything else, which is where that, you know, the stories of the E. coli outbreak, and as they say, the meat is clean, it's how they get it clean that's unsettling. And ammonia is used to sanitize it. And this process is one created by Beef Products Incorporated, and apparently they have 70% of all the burger they 70% of all burger patties are made by them. 
So, dear, dear God, right? Well, it's funny. Right there in that paragraph, it says, right after the company that developed it, it's the, the reason why they developed it was a way to use the absolute cheapest parts of the animal. Which brings to mind other questions. Why Why would they use it to get those cheapest parts unless they're trying to save money? Right. And then there's those blueberries. Well, they're not really blueberries. That's right. They're not actually blueberries. They are apparently completely artificial made with different combinations of corn syrup and food colorings. Yeah. So, the, those those frosted mini-wheats with the blueberry muffin flavoring, that's not actual blueberries. <laughs> and free-range chickens that are crammed into a giant room. Because of the legal definition of free range. So, nuts that reduce risk of heart disease, yogurts that improve digestion and keep you from getting sick, maybe foods that saves your kid from. You get the idea. <laughs> so, basically, using various statements to market products. Oh my god. So so it's just like more marketing hype, right? <sighs> oh my god. So I'm just, I, I'm at a loss here. How about you? Uh, I honestly, I did, I'm probably just about as lost as you are. I, I find it crazy that the first, in the first couple, it mentions that basically sawdust is used in hot pockets. I absolutely loved hot pockets. I've always liked hot pockets, <laughs> but is it, I, is it used to like stiffen it up or make it thicker? Or? Is it for a preservative? Texture to food because it's cheaper to use than apparently than flour and what have you. <laughs> what? No, I don't understand. I really don't. And it's and the claim here is it's not harmful. It's just there's no nutrition to it. It just passes through your body and. You're left wanting more food. So you go buy more hot pockets. And, and put Nestle more of makes, the same stuff in through your body. And Nestle makes more money. <laughs> so, for those of you who are like, oh, I'm going to have that turkey today, but maybe I'll, set, maybe I'll make up for that by having this beverage. And, no, forget it. Diabetes is... Diabetes is much more healthier than than some of the alternatives that are out there. Uh, I'm just saying. Not that I would wish that on anybody, just... 
in the short term and long term, basically what you're saying is that the side effects of these uh, things we've listed off are probably a lot worse for you than living with diabetes. Uh, I mean, it can be. You lose your mind eventually, or or your intestines, depending on what you consume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and people are like, why would anybody consume something with maggots? The same reason that people consume crocodile, which basically might as well be putting lighter fluid into your body at this point. It, or cheap wine that. Tastes about the same, probably. <laughs> uh, well, that just about wraps up this uh, special Thanksgiving edition episode of The Next Report. Uh, feel free to check us out on thenextreport.com, where all our social networking sites are on the left-hand column. Each Wednesday, we're going to start posting you know, about six links to check out. And, you know, feel free to submit stuff on our fan page, our Google Plus page. Uh, We're getting some more people plusing that page, hitting that plus button. So, I'm Thomas. And I'm Stephen. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Next Report podcast covering Unix and Overlook pop culture. The intro theme is brought to you by independent band, The Introvert. Feel free to check them out on Facebook, linked in the show notes.